Sometimes the gospel message is described like this. You are a criminal standing trial, the charges are read, and all you can do is plead guilty. There's only one thing for the judge to do, he must find you guilty. And so the gavel comes down and the judge says, not guilty. There are gasps around the court. How can you, how can you, the guilty one, go free? Well, in the gospel presentation, it's explained that somehow the judge pays the fine himself or something like that. And, and the point is that through the cross, Jesus, our judge, took the guilty verdict so we can get the not guilty verdict. And that's good news, right? Well, yes, it is. It's great news. But it's not the good news. You see, it's nice to get the not guilty verdict. But if I leave the courtroom simply grateful for the leniency of the court, I have not understood the gospel. You see, Jesus did not die simply to get me off the judgment hook. In the words of 1 Peter 3 verse 18, Christ died for sins once and for all, the righteous for the unrighteous, to bring you to God. Atonement brings peace. Peace. It's, it's that Hebrew word shalom. It's about wholeness and healing and restoration. It's peace with God. It's peace with each other. It's peace with the world. Peace with ourselves. Atonement brings peace. In fact, the whole book of Leviticus is teaching us this truth. I don't know if you've ever read through Leviticus. It's usually the first big speed bump when people attempt to read the Bible the whole way through. Uh, you get to Leviticus and you find that it's full of all these detailed instructions about the priests and the sacrifices. But if you zoom out from the details, you see one big point. The big point is atonement brings peace. Through sacrifice comes shalom, wholeness, healing, restoration. You see, there are five main sacrificial offerings detailed in the book of Leviticus. Uh, there's the burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, and the peace offering. And essentially, these sacrifices are teaching the people about how atonement is made. The burnt offering speaks of my old life condemned, burnt up in the fires of God's judgment. The grain offering is about my new life offered up to God. The sin offering speaks of recompense paid for my sins. The guilt offering speaks of my guilty stains cleansed. And then finally, when the old life is condemned and the new life is offered to God and recompense is paid and my guilt is cleansed, then peace is secured. In this offering, sins, in the peace offering, sins were not on the table. The issue of sin is not on the table. Only food is on the table. You see, through the blood which the Lord himself provided, our guilt is resolved through atoning sacrifice. And then we come to the peace offering. Sometimes it's called the fellowship offering. And with this peace offering, this fellowship offering, sins are far behind us. No one is buying off God here. This is about cleansed worshippers wanting to draw near to the Lord. It was a completely voluntary offer. If you liked, you could pull up a chair to eat with the Lord. This was the one offering in which the offerers shared themselves. It was a meal with God. And you see, that's where the work of atonement is always headed. God does not simply want to acquit sinners. He wants to feast with them. He doesn't want to endure us on the outskirts of his presence. He invites us to sit at table to laugh and share and talk and eat. When you think of a peace offering, 
Where do your thoughts run? When we use the, the phrase today, usually I think of guilty husbands, you know, purchasing flowers hastily. Or friends, you know, buying a gift for uh, another friend who's been offended. In these situations, the one who is making the peace offering feels dreadful and they make all the effort. And the one who receives the peace offering is tapping their foot saying, this better be good. Uh, but that's the opposite of the Bible's version of the peace offering. In Leviticus 3 and Levi Leviticus 7, you see that it's God who makes the effort, He who pays the price, He who gives the offering, and we are the ones who gratefully receive it. And what do we receive? We receive fellowship with the Lord Himself. If you're a Christian, do you realize that you're not simply forgiven, you're not simply tolerated, but you are actively loved and pursued by the Lord? He did not give his own blood in order for us to remain strangers. And he doesn't just want coffee buddies. He wants dinner guests. He adopts us into the very heart of his family life. As Paul says in Romans chapter 5, Since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So today, heed the dinner invitation of the Lord Jesus. Revelation chapter 3 verse 20, Jesus says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person, and they will eat with me. 